Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Georgian Growth Show. I'm Jessica Galang, content editor here at Georgian. On this episode, we'll be chatting with Kristen Daniels, Georgian's head of customer success and corporate development. Kristen works with our portfolio companies to help them think strategically about value creation and supports them on M&A, relationship development, and exit planning. So today, Kristen is going to talk about how she develops relationships with companies to help them solve problems, some best practices she's observed, and what value creation actually means. So Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Jessica. Let's get right into it. So I talked a little bit about what you do at Georgian, but it'd be great to hear it from you. Tell us about your work and what excites you. Awesome. Thank you. So yeah, you mentioned I focus on corporate development, which is correct. I spend uh, a lot of time with our companies uh, when they're thinking about inorganic growth strategies or maybe some tech tech ins So thinking about doing an M&A acquisition. I spend a lot of time as well thinking, as you mentioned, about value creation activities. And I like to use the phrase begin with the end in mind. Uh, So from the moment of investment all the way through to the time that the company is exiting, really thinking about uh, what's going to move the needle and how we can focus our resources and energy, both at Georgian and with the company on uh, the initiatives uh, that are really going to help them in the end get that outsized uh, return. And so that includes, you know, things like building strategic relationships, really understanding the dynamics uh, in their ecosystem and facilitating engagements with our broader customer success team. We have a team of a very experienced specialists and subject matter experts uh, who can work across a, a number of different functions. And so we really like to spend our time and energy helping our, our companies uh, accelerate their growth opportunities. Okay. So there's a lot of activities there, but I really want to zero in on value creation. So can you dive into what that means and why companies should be thinking about that early on? You described it as uh, thinking with the end in mind. Yeah. So it's really about being mindful. Sometimes in a startup uh, or an earlier stage company, it's very easy to spend all of your time working in the business. And this is something my colleague, uh, Joe, who is our go-to-market leader on the CS team will say often, it's very difficult to take the opportunity to kind of zoom out and work what we would say on the business and be a little bit more strategic about how you uh, approach your different priorities and the activities that you're going to uh, really spend your resources on. And so value creation is really about Again, being mindful of how you're allocating resources and making sure that that resource allocation is being put towards the activities that are going to help you get to where you want to be at the end of the investment life cycle. We use a value creation framework here at Georgian. Can you tell us more about it? It has two major components. So the first major component is the external or ecosystem view. And we believe that's really important to stay on top of what's happening in your specific kind of market niche. And if you're a vertical player in your specific vertical, but also what's happening more broadly uh, in your space and what different competing technologies might be uh, evolving, what your competitors are doing, what large cap tech is doing, and what your customers are asking for. That's really the foundation of understanding what's going to give you your competitive edge. And so we really look at that ecosystem view as a starting point. And then the next major component is actually understanding the business itself, where it's at, and ultimately where you want it to be, again, at the investment at end of the investment life cycle and beyond. And we break that down into three major areas. So the first is core metrics, understanding what the 
measurable outputs of the business are telling us about how the business is performing. The second bucket are the strategic drivers. So I like to refer to them as the secret sauce of the business, you know, the talent, the culture, product market fit, the value proposition from customers and customer ROI, and thinking about all of those pieces and how they really set your company apart. And then the last bucket that we look at, we call the premium opportunities. And those are the things that really take you from a great return or great outcome to an exceptional outcome. That's what gets you that sort of outsized return. And those are things like the depth of your competitive moat, whether you have a data moat, your ability to enter adjacencies, expand geographically, potentially use M&A as a tool or to work with other technology companies on integrations. And it's really about being able to continually expand your TAN and tell a longer term growth story into the future. And so we, everything that we do on the customer success team at Georgian and, and more broadly for account management is rooted in that perspective. And that should help set the tone for the overall strategic imperatives of the business and everything we do should roll up under that. And that's how we think you really achieve true value creation by spending energy and time in the places that are gonna matter and doing so very strategically. Okay, we'll put that value creation framework in our show notes as well for people who wanna reference it and see how it can apply to their businesses. So Kristen, I wanna talk about um, your work and your experience as well. What do you love about working with companies and what are some of the aspects of it that you find the most rewarding? I love that every company that we work with is different. They're trying to accomplish something slightly different. The team of people are different. Their approach is different. And so for me personally, it's very intellectually stimulating. It's great to get to meet so many different people and understand their different perspectives. And it's incredibly satisfying to build those trusting relationships and feel as though you're an extension of these teams and being able to really work um, with our companies and, and help them to achieve their success. Getting to do that, you know, sort of 45 times over roughly the size of our current portfolio it's just extremely rewarding and, and, you know, very exciting getting in that flavor, that kind of ability to work in all different environments, but still bring the pattern recognition uh, for the things that we see that are broadly applicable. It makes us feel like we're bringing value to the table and we're certainly learning something from our companies with every engagement as well. Every company has their own challenges and their own ways of working. And uh, you're working with so many different cultures and leaders. How do you build relationships with many companies at the same time and uh, bring that value to them? Yeah, I think that's one thing that really differentiates us at Georgian is that we start with trust and we start with the relationship and everything that we do outside of Georgian, certainly, and, and, and with our companies in particular. We really try to understand what their goals are. What is it that you uh, as a CEO or as a leader in your organization are trying to accomplish? And how can I bring my experience and my knowledge and my know-how to help you get there? It's not about me coming and telling you what I think you should do, although I may have some ideas. Uh, It's about really trying to step back and understand what it is you're trying to accomplish. What's your strategy? What's your vision? How are you planning to get there? And can I help you uh, to get there more effectively? Or do I have some ideas that maybe you haven't thought of? And so it really does feel like a collaboration. Uh, And so I think it's really important to focus on the person or the people in the group uh, 
uh, and building trust through um, that relationship as the starting points, them getting to know me and our team and what our skill sets are, uh, and us being able to bring value to the table and participate in those conversations as a collaborator and not as a, hey, thou shalt, here are the 10 things we think you should go do, you know, go do them. It's very much, we're on this uh, journey with you and we're here to help you get to your ultimate goal. As you're working with these companies, are there any narratives or challenges that consistently come up um, that some of these companies have in common? And the second part of that as well is, do you have any examples of some of the best practices that you've seen throughout your experience working with companies? There is a lot of pattern recognition. <laughs> so there's definitely a lot of common challenges for companies that are scaling. There's, there's no question about that. Uh, and I, I mean, there's probably too many uh, examples uh, to pick one out, but I'll, I'll talk specifically about M&A because that's an area where I spend a lot of time. And um, a lot of our companies um, recognize that it is an opportunity and that they may be able to avail themselves of in order to accelerate a specific strategic priority, but many don't have internal capabilities or it's the first time the company is thinking about doing an acquisition. And so it can feel very overwhelming. Uh, and so that's where I think we can provide a lot of that support uh, to kind of help manage expectations and do a little bit of education around this is what you can expect from a process. These are the kinds of things we should be thinking about, um, you know, at each stage of the process and, and be there to, again, be an extension of the team and really help them through that so that they don't have to miss out on the opportunity if it's something that really can help them accelerate. But at the same time, they don't necessarily have to go out and hire a whole corporate development team if this is just a one-off transaction. And, and so that's an area where we've seen lots of companies who are scaling see an opportunity, but sometimes have a little bit of a, a challenge in being able to uh, go after it because it's just not something that uh, they have the muscle memory to do within their organizations. And so we can really provide that support as they, they work through that process. Okay. And how do you coach CEOs on thinking like a buyer and how does, why is this mindset important? I think it's really Listen, M&A at the end of the day, from my perspective, is psychology. It's human behavior. Um, it's a negotiation. It's a dance. It's understanding what each party ultimately wants to accomplish and figuring out whether or not there's a transaction that can happen, whether there's a sweet spot uh, where everybody can align on an outcome. And that's also true, by the way, for an IPO. If a company is, is going to go public, you have to know that you have something that there's going to be demand for in the public markets and be able to tell that story effectively. And so I think it's, it's really about taking an outside in view of the business. It goes back to my first point about working on the business and not in the business, taking that 50,000 foot view, really being able to step back and zoom out and say, if I was a person who didn't know anything about my business, and wanted to acquire it, what am I going to care about? And by putting yourself in that mindset, you can really start to understand how you need to craft your narrative to be able to tell your story effectively to appeal to that buyer. What is it going to need to be in your data room? And how do you need to be thinking about what your metrics should be looking like? And if you try to do all of that at the 11th hour, it can be too late. It can be too difficult. And so I think really Understanding that mindset early on, although you don't operate 
uh, to optimize for it necessarily. And I think it's really important to just keep it in mind, keep it sort of in, in the background of what's a third party going to care about? How do I need to create a system of records so all this information is going to be ready, readily available? What do my metrics need to look like so that they're going to be appealing enough that I can get through that gating item, that, that initial conversation, and be able to really tell a prospective buyer what's special about my business? What are they going to care about? And again, I'm, I'm going to pull this back to the value creation framework because that really was the genesis of us developing the framework in large part. I was, I was really looking for a way to be able to have a conversation with um, our portfolio portfolio leaders about an exit without really talking about an exit. Uh, it's very uncomfortable to talk about an exit right after you've invested. That feels very strange for many people. And it's not because we're looking to exit at all. Of course, we're on that journey together with the company. It's because we want to think strategically about what's going to matter at the end of the day, what a potential buyer or the public markets are going to prioritize and pulling that all the way back to how we're thinking strategically about that resource allocation we talked about before. I thought this was a really great overview, both on the tactical side of value creation and what that means, but also the human side and getting into the mindset of the buyer and uh, really thinking about exits and what that means to you. So Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your experience. My, my pleasure. Thanks, Jessica.